The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. It's a what a just a shit shit time to be a Yankee fan. The worst. I we're playing some of the worst baseball, and we go in and out of like I forget who who tweeted it, but someone on Twitter said when the Yankees are winning, when this Yankee team's winning, it's easy to see them never winning again. But when they're losing, it's easy to see them never winning again. Yeah, especially offensively. It felt like this weekend, once they went down 2-1 or 3-1 in these Tigers games, it felt like they were down 10-1 and the game was over. And you knew they weren't going to make it close. You knew they weren't going to compete. And that's the the alarming thing for me is they're just not competing. These are uncompetitive at bats. And, and it looks like they're not even trying. It's very alarming. Depending on like who we play, I get flashbacks to like different times when we've stunk there. And it felt like if we'd be down 2-1-3-1, it felt like when Kenny Rogers was on the Tigers and we faced him in the playoffs. And he was just like, here, it's 72 miles an hour and just was mowing us. And it was like, nothing's ever going to get going here. Like, we've got nothing. Yeah, I was having flashbacks to t- 2006 and 2011. The Tigers have been a thorn in our side recently in the playoffs whenever we play them. Yeah, it's, it's a big park. It, it's shitty looking. It gets really dark there. Like, it's just kind of bad vibes all around, I think, playing in Detroit. Every fly ball they hit, like, they didn't even hit a ball to the warning track. I don't know what the dimensions are, but that place is huge. Yeah, it's not, it's not an exciting like, oh, they're going to Detroit. Like, there's nothing quirky about the stadium. There's nothing that makes it like, oh, it's fun. Like, oh, they're going to Colorado. Maybe they're going to hit a lot of home runs. Um, you know, oh, going to, you know, going to Boston. Like, Fenway's weird. Going to Wrigley. Um, when Houston used to have the uh, the hill. Yep. Never the Trop. The Trop stinks. But, like, even going to the Marlins. And it's like, you know, they've got the, they the Dolphin jumping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> There's nothing about Detroit because it's just like it's miserable. On Friday, that game, 
I at first started off, I was like, oh, man, I feel bad because with limited attendance and, you know, like the economy uh, for, you know, for some people. And some of these games, if you think of Friday night, Memorial Day weekend, Yankees in town, it's probably a big game for some people of like, hey, this is our our game we're going to go to this year. This was an early Father's Day gift, a late mother, you know, Mother's Day, whatever it may be. And I was like, oh, it, it stinks that you got 44 degrees and you got to wear a parka. It's Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, and you, just, you see those people and it's like this just isn't a happy place to be. Oh, no, they were freezing. I mean, it was like yeah. 43 degrees and, and drizzling half the time. It, the weather was disgusting. It's Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. <laughs> it's 42. And the Yankee bats were just ice cold. I don't know w- what there is really to say. Every, we've been having these conversations. Is this the low point, whether it be last year, the end of last year, all the injuries? Like, when is the low point? I got to think getting swept by the Tigers. This is the ultimate low point. I, I don't think it gets much lower than getting swept by the worst team in baseball. No. The only thing that kind of surprises me at this point is that we didn't pull the um, what the Pirates did. Like, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get in a rundown between first and home. Well, Gary's defensive blunder uh, yesterday, just rounding first for no reason and just stopping in the middle of first and second. Just giving up. Kind of close. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> like you not only fucked up, but then you quit on it. You quit on the play. Yes, and I think they've made, I want to say it's 25, 26 outs on the bases. Their base running is horrific. It's horrific, and it's not getting better. The shitty things they were doing in the beginning of the year, they haven't improved. They haven't gotten any better on the bases. They, they've been bad. They were horrible defensively this weekend. They're, they're lackadaisical, and they're just giving up. Like Sunday, even when Judge came up with a chance to tie the game, you know, last at bat of the game, you knew he was striking out, and he swings at two pitches in the dirt, and the at-bat's over. It's just It's so demoralizing. I mean – it's uninspired, and then on top of all of that, and so we're recording this at it's one o'clock. Like the Monday game is starting when we're recording this. Um, it's the the bullshit that we're getting from Boone. Oh God, that it just like it frustrates you so much more. And you look at, I mean, we see before the game today. And Duhar is out in center field taking balls. <laughs> what is the point of having a farm? We want to just have the best farm system. We don't. I'm not saying that we have a great farm system. But we want to have the best 100 guys. Because what is the point of having Estevan Florial? At like Just from a depth chart standpoint, he's got to be before Miguel and Duhar plays a game in center field. It's awful. It's awful. They had Wade in center on Sunday, so you're, you're just giving up there. Florio's 24-25. They called him up for one game. He hit a double, played good defense. I'd play him every day for a month and see what you have. Like, they're, they're jerking different guys around, always shuffling. It's not sustainable. It's not – that's not winning baseball, throwing a, a third baseman, basically, in center field saying, hey, give it a shot. Like, you talk about flying by the seat of your pants. They have no plan. There's Yeah, we are the New York Yankees. We have, I believe, the second highest payroll in baseball. Yep. And we are building the train tracks while we're on the train in May. It's not like, hey, I got late in the season, we got hit with a bunch of injuries, but like, you know, we're we're trying to piece together what is our you know our playoff roster look like. Like we just we are lost at sea. 
lost at sea and for an organization that prides themselves on how prepared they are and how hard they work and how great they are at dissecting information and putting guys in positions to succeed, it's it's even more alarming. It's horrible. It, I, I honestly don't know what to say. This was the worst weekend of Yankee baseball that I think that I've ever watched. And I don't want to hear about the injuries. They're relatively healthy. Judge and Stanton are there. DJ's there. Geo's there. Glaber's there. Most of their core guys are there. And, and every team around the league is banged up. So I don't want to hear about injuries anymore. Yeah, so it's not – we are not currently in a position to bitch about injuries the way we have been able to in some no. recent years. No, they are. They have the guys there to get it done for sure. Cole's yeah. there. Chapman's there. The key guys, the, the best players on the team are there. I don't care that they're missing Aaron Hicks. Exactly. You can't – you know, oh, hey, if you're just going from overall all the players we have – if you were to really look at our 25-man roster, you've got one, two, three, four, like our top five guys are all healthy. You know, yeah, what's, yeah. you know, Kluber's, you know, Kluber being out, yes, it, it stinks. But you also, he's on a one-year deal because he hasn't played in a year. Like, you kind of expected something to happen. You knew that was a possibility. Yeah. We, you know, I think everyone expected a no hitter every game now, and it's like, oh, obviously, right after. Um, but yeah, like we've got everybody's missing some people. Everybody's missing a starter here and there, and our pitching, you know, it is what it is. It, it's a lot. It's Jordan Montgomery is a great example of our, you know, our rotation. You're gonna get a bunch of innings sometimes. And he's going to fall apart, or he's going to fall apart right away. And that's really how all these games have gone. Yeah, you have no idea. Montgomery this year went and threw seven shutout against the Rays, and then in the start last year, he couldn't get out of the first inning and let up six runs. And you have no idea day-to-day what it's going to be. No idea. But I think one problem, and I think me and you both fell into this, is that oh, the past two weeks before this, they had the six and one week, they had the five and two week, they were getting historic pitching, and it, the, it kind of masked the offense, and it kind of made us forget that we weren't scoring runs. But if you look at the entirety of the season, they've had 29 games where they've scored three runs or less. 29 games out of 51. Basically, 60% of the games, they've scored three runs or less. Like This is not a small sample size. This is who they are. Yeah, offensively, we should be... A five to seven run a game team. Easily. But, you know, it's not there. We were squeezing out the victories and the wins are the wins. And you, you do, you know, you get caught up in it a little bit because you say, hey, the bats will figure. I mean, the bats are going to figure themselves out. Water always finds its level. But, you know, it's getting late early because now we've got Jamison Tyone who if we get five innings has given us all he's got and it's a great start against a team that it, you know has the potential to put us you know six games back something like oh, that they could five they could half. really bully us i mean if if the yankees don't get their shit together i mean the rays could sweep this series they they bully us they've won i think 14 out of 16 they just i was watching them a little bit over the weekend cuz they were playing the phillies and i was hanging out with my buddy they look great against philly they swept the phillies yeah. Uh, they're not fucking around. No. This is – it's going to be a long week. A long week. 
And I, I want to talk about the way they're lining up the, the pitching. So Cole is going to face the Rays. He's not going to face the Red Sox. They're going to throw either Mike King or Davey Garcia on Friday against the Red Sox. Like, why aren't you lining up your best pitchers to face Boston? I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Because I think for the, you know, for the long run of the season, the Rays are the concern. I guess, but all I know is that every time we face the Red Sox over the years, they line up sale to pitch against us. Back in the day, every time we face the Blue Jays, they line up price to face us. Like, I don't know. I'd rather – I mean I think there was a way you could have maybe had Cole in both of these series. Um, but no, I, I'm very concerned. I mean look at – if you just look at the Red Sox series this weekend, it's going to be Davey, Tyone, and then I guess Herman. How the hell are they going to win two out of three against them? So wait, you would want to move Cole – Pitch call on short rest. I don't know. I think there was a way before the tie, like before this Tiger series, there there would have been a way to get Cole in against the. They could have shuffled with the the last day off. Now it's too late. No, I don't want to do it now. I just think they weren't like you said. I thought you were talking about going short rest year two of the contract in June. No, but you're talking about you know by the seat of your pants. That seems like what they're doing with the rotation too. So it's it's concerning. And yesterday you lose. You lose the first two games of the Tiger series and you throw Mike King out there? Like, what What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, that <laughs> was – when I saw that lineup, I was just like, wow, we are punting and we haven't won the first two games. Like, it's yes. always a concern like, oh, hey, we're up two. Let's no, – all right, we're going to we're gonna not finish this off. And we just took the same approach and got the same result. Exactly. And Davey was the same thing on Saturday. You know, people love Davey, the five foot seven guy with no command that throws 92 miles an hour. And he went four innings and let up four runs. That, that's who he is. This guy is not a prospect as far as I'm concerned. He, he's a nothing guy to me. I don't see any potential with Davey Garcia. I mean, from a organizational standpoint, if if we've had all these guys, King, Clark Schmidt, is he alive? Clark Schmidt's playing catch. He still can't throw off a mound yet after the minor injury he had in February. <laughs> it's four months ago. He's like um, <laughs> Ozzie Smith on The Simpsons. Like he fell into a black hole. Um, Davy Garcia, um, you know, to a certain extent, Montgomery and Seve a little bit too. Like these guys have not panned out in the way that they were hyped. And at a certain point, you do have to look at, like, what is our approach to managing prospects? And are we holding on to these guys for too long just to hold on to them? Oh, it definitely feels like they missed the boat. Let's go back to the 2019 deadline. The Yankees were desperate for a starting pitcher, but Cashman deemed Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt untouchable. Well, dude, you clearly fucked that up. We could have got Stroman. I don't know. We could have got somebody maybe won the World Series in 19, but you want to hang on to these five foot seven slapdick pitching prospects that aren't that can't even go five innings. Like it's alarming. You gotta sell high on guys like that. I know that you're talking like in the context of you know being a professional athlete, but it is funny for you to be making so many height jokes. <laughs> like I just want you to know that I'm really enjoying you being like <laughs> This five seven <laughs> slap dick. I'm not pitching for the Yankees, I know, man. I know that's what I'm saying. I know it's in the context of being a pro athlete. But I'm Would just Davey Garcia be a great, you know, maybe account manager or you know, client <laughs> services rep or something? Sure. 
Great. <laughs> Not on the mound in the Bronx. God damn. Oh, man. Yeah. It is. Um, are we going to get out of this first inning? There we go. Yeah. But, you know, it, it feels like we're on a rudderless ship right now. And week to week, it can change. And I think a lot of people say that I am negative about a lot of stuff around the Yankees. I think I'm a realist about a lot, a lot of things of, you know, Hey, with the no hitter, let's not get crazy here. Like the guy hasn't played a lot. A no hitter doesn't really matter that much. And now he's out. Um, when we win four in a row, whenever that is like, who do we go sweep the race? We're not back. We're still not back. We We're need not. to remember that. Like we've got a long journey with this team. No, we do. This week is huge, and and I really feel the divide. I see it on Twitter between old and young fans, and for the first time, I feel old. Like, I feel old watching these, you know, the high school Yankees Twitter be like, well, if you look at the algorithm, everything will correct itself, and small sample size, and injuries, and our expected WOBA, and it's like the like these guys have clearly never seen them win anything, if you're, if you're talking like that. Like, I feel closer to you and Rich and Scott and Andrew in terms of like age, even though I'm a little bit younger than you guys, than I do to the majority of Even though I'm not old. I'm definitely not an old person. You guys are old. I want to make that clear. You You guys guys are are older than me. I'm not old, but you're old. I feel closer to you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, what did you tweeted something with what, F-War the other day? And I was like, you don't care. And I was like, I just replied, you don't care about that stat. Don't (laughs) stop that. We're reaching. I'm I'm reaching. Yeah. Um now all of that shit of ex- you know the expected batting expected. averages. <sighs> I love the expected batting averages. Um especially when, you know, people use you use an example of uh Frank Marco from Bronx Pinstripes using I think like Hicks's expected batting average was actually it's not that bad because it's like two fifty three and it's like well no that still stinks <laughs> that's still yeah, bad yeah. he was hitting one ninety but Frank was like well it's actually expected to be two forty yeah which which is also bad yeah so yeah I mean I there there's definitely a divide in like the online world of Yankee fans and it is young versus old and you know oh well you know everyone wants to find an excuse for Aaron Boone's decision making for the approach of the organization and it's like listen just cuz you say these guys who are just replaceable stink at their job does not you're not like now a Red Sox fan you know, it's not like, oh, we'll go, you know, you don't like them, don't want. No, I, I'm i going to keep watching. I'm going to keep complaining because I've been doing this my whole goddamn life. And I'm not going to stop now. We root for laundry. That's what we're, and we're going to keep rooting, keep rooting for laundry. You mentioned Boone in this group. The alarming thing for me is when Boone took over in 2018, nobody's gotten better. And this group is no closer to a championship than they were in 2017. They're a lot further from a championship, I would argue, that than when he took over. And none of the individual young players that he was tasked with grooming and mentoring and having great relationships with them, none of them have gotten better. They have all regressed. And that that's the scary part for me is they haven't gotten better at all in four years. That's actually a really good point. Like I didn't I didn't look at it that way of like we were a game away from the World Series. We got him. And I still think like moving on from Girardi was the, the right decision. I agree. Um, 
My brother-in-law asked me yesterday. He's like, "Yeah, what's your boy Girardi's deal? Like, because he's like kind of a Phillies fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, that doesn't follow baseball like super closely." He was like, "What's your what's his deal?" And I was like, "Oh, I uh, I don't follow like the Phillies at all. Like, what's you know what's going on? I, like, I just assume it's he can't do anything with young players at all." And he was like, "Yeah, it seems like he's just fighting with the players here." I was like, "Yeah, no, that's gonna happen. That's." At the, the sergeant. <laughs> the, the Philly media was not ready for Joe Girardi. Like, normally it's like, oh, are people ready for the New York media? Are you ready for an ex-Yankee manager to come to your podunk town of Philadelphia? They, they were not. And what he basically said was that he's going to stop giving injury updates uh, because basically he lied about Bryce Harper, said he was healthy. He wasn't. Then they put him on the IL and a reporter kind of called him out on it. And he was like, yeah, I'm just not going to give you guys any injury updates anymore. Like that is the sergeant. He doesn't get along with the media. He has no personality. He's probably the most stubborn guy I've ever never met him. Stubborn guy I've ever seen. The guy, he's just military guy. Yeah. I mean, that's if you look at that guy and think you're going to get warm and cuddly. Like at no point in I've been watching Joe Girardi for, you know, over 20 years. At no point have I been like, that's a guy you want to hang out with. That seems like a barrel of laughs. Never, never. No fun. Yeah, he he's struggling over there. Um, but yeah, I, I, nobody, this group has not gotten better at all. None of the young players individually and not as a group. And Boone has two, you know, ALDS exits and he's gotten to one. ALCS, they swept the Twins, you know. Congrats. Yeah, and that, that was the one DS that he won. And so it's like, what I, what I was getting to is where we were, and then two years later being back in the ALCS, while we dealt with a ton of injuries, an amount of injuries you've never seen before, all that stuff, we still have not gotten as far as we once were. Like, we haven't gotten to a World Series and lost a World Series and Boone, I thought, was a perfect replacement because Cashman was really taking control of the organization. It was him or Girardi. They had to decide, and they picked him. And so, you know, it, it made sense that you get a guy like Boone who's going to do what Cashman says, going to follow the orders, and he doesn't have a big contract, so it's not a big deal if you get rid of him. But now it's, like, just dragged on so long that it's like, I don't know, is it, like, we, I think Cashman has to be questioned on where the organization stands right now because we we were dead as like an organization. When you look at like 2014, 2015, like we were dead in the water. But then we had – we built – we made these trades. We built this farm system and it was like the rebirth of Cashman. But that hasn't turned to a World Series. That hasn't turned to a World Series appearance. You're spot on. He he brought us back from the dead and got us, you know, into contention. He got us into the championship conversation. But the car is kind of stalled out. Like if if we were a car, you know, we revved up really hard in 16 and 17, and we've just kind of stalled out since then. And you know, you think about windows. Generally, a window with a core is about five years. And I don't know. They're four years in. I think they have this year and next year. Realistically, with this group, Cole's only going to get older. You know, they're not a young team anymore. DJ's 33, Voight's 30, Geo's 29. These aren't kids. I mean, you have to assume. Now, I don't want to say it's, God forbid, you know, not Tommy John or something like that. There's probably going to be a season in this contract where Cole misses most of a season. It could be a hamstring. It could be, you know, you just, you play for that long, it's something's going to come up. So, 
like we're we're not on borrowed time yet, but like we're close. We're very close to it. And financially, we're in a position where judge is only going to get more expensive. Like arbitration is not going to get cheaper. Uh, it's still too risky to try to extend him. Hicks, who knows what the hell, like, what Hicks is, is going to be 32 be? next year? And he looks done. Like, he looks finished to me as a he's going to you're telling me he's going to come back off the serious wrist injury and yeah. turn into a force. A guy that couldn't stay healthy in his 20s is suddenly going to stay healthy in his 30s. It's not going to happen. And now, now I'm not even talking about health. I'm talking even if he were to be healthy, which is which is far fetched ability like this year. He looked lost like you're. His wrist isn't the reason he was jogging after fly balls in the gap. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Like that wasn't a wrist thing. Hold him back. <laughs> no, yeah, it's terrible. And it's really it's really scary. They just don't have a center fielder. I mean, holy shit, Wade's out there yesterday and Duhar's taking practice today. Am I going to go out there tomorrow? Like they do not have a center fielder at all on this roster. Where is Florio, man? Call up Florio. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's talk about the history of just Coxman in center field for the Yankees. Joe DiMaggio had Marilyn Monroe... And who knows what else he did. But Marilyn Monroe, that's up there. Mickey Mantle banged everybody. Yeah, everybody. If you've lived in New York at any point, you've heard stories of Bernie Williams out and about. And now you've got Tyler Wade joining the pantheon of ladies' men in center field. <laughs> that is so sad. That's so depressing. <laughs> we, so depressing. Thought, we were worried that Tyler Wade was a hamstring away from being the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees for like a two-week stretch. Tyler Wade was the starting center fielder for the New York Yankees. Pathetic. They have so many holes, man. For a $200 million payroll, they have way, way too many holes. And it's not like this stuff wasn't predictable. Like, did anybody think Aaron Hicks was just going to be healthy this year? Like everybody knew he's in, he gets hurt. I thought he was going to be back. I didn't see wrist coming. I'll, okay. I'll admit that I didn't see wrist. <laughs> you thought it'd be a back injury. All right, that, that's fair. I, I was thinking more soft tissue, hamstring, calf, quad as well. Uh, did not see the did not see the wrist coming. Not yeah. scary. They don't have a center fielder. Wade's playing too much. Brett Gardner is playing way too much. Uh, the outfield in general. Clint hitting one eighty five still. Yeah. You. 
And it's weird because even if you look at the field, like you're just you're like, well, where where is all the money? Like, where did we spend all the money? Because we're not paying a lot for Gary Sanchez. We're not paying a lot for Aaron Judge. We're not playing a lot for Glaber. I mean, we've got DJ LeMahieu on pretty much a steal, but you know that's where like the chunk of the money. Geo makes no money. Voight makes, makes no nothing. money. We wait. We spend all Labor our money on nothing. like the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. I know it's all in the bullpen. Chapman makes eighteen. Britain makes fourteen. They spend a lot in the bullpen. Cole, Cole makes a lot, and Stanton makes a lot. That's yeah. That's pretty much where it is. And you know, Kluber makes eleven million. No, they're in trouble. And there was never a low. Like we didn't have these low points in 2017, 2018, 2019. They had bad stretches. They were not getting swept by the Tigers. Like the low points that we've had in 20 and 21, it's a clear drop off from 17 through 19. Like I think you can really separate. I guess the end of 19 going forward. To me, that's when everything changed. I mean, they've had they've had bad stretches a ton of times. This is just bad baseball. Like you run, you hit some balls hard that don't fall. You know that is you know run into hey you run into a hot pitcher who you know goes out there and carves you up for two hits. You know maybe you, you run into Verlander, Scherzer back in the Tigers, and it's like yeah. oh hey yeah this I mean you Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Why would you even think about leaving first base? Like, your run doesn't matter at all. At all. Zero. Like, you just, just, hey, be happy you're there. Stay there. Instead of this wide turn and just, like, all shocks. And that's on the manager. That's on Aaron Boone. You don't have them prepared. They don't know how to run the bases. That is 100% on Aaron Boone. It is. I just, I can't imagine in the same week that... Javi Baez pulled that stunt. <laughs> yeah, that you ju- that you would give up, that you would just give up, like they just stand there. It's pathetic. That, that's who they are. They give up. They roll over. They rolled over all weekend in Detroit. They weren't competing. I want to talk to you about Friday night though, because I think I had the worst Friday night experience of anybody. Give it. So to my aunt, my aunt decides to take me and Jamie out to dinner for our anniversary, or not our anniversary, our engagement, whatever. A year later, because of COVID, whatever. Yeah. So Makes I'm like, sense. all right, great. You know, Yankees are playing the Tigers. It's cold. I'll, I'll DVR it. I'll go on airplane mode and I'll watch it after. It'll be a nice, relaxing way to end the <laughs> evening. They're going to blow them out. It's going to be great. So wait, we go wait, out. Wait, wait. <laughs> it's a Friday night, Memorial Day weekend. Your aunt's taking you to a, I'm assuming a nice dinner. Yeah, it was nice. And you're like, I got to go airplane mode on this. I'm going to yep. go out. I'm going to go out and have this you know, nice meal that, hey, I don't even got to go out of pocket from. Most guys in that situation are like, I'm going to go. We're going to have this nice meal. Then I'll be like, hey, babe, like, let's go grab a drink somewhere else, maybe two drinks. Maybe <laughs> take it back to the crib. Not put on the DVR baseball game. <laughs> you know, let's do uh, some other stuff instead. But you're like, all right, I got to DVR this. All right, psycho. <laughs> Yeah, so you're exactly right. And because we went out in Bluebell in the suburbs, so it kind of took a while. You know, it was a long process. I get back at like 10, 10, 15. I fired up at 1030, waste the entire night. And basically, I saw the walk-off homer at like 115. And, you know, I know a lot of times after games, like I really wasted my time here. But this one was really bad. It's like I stayed <laughs> up at 130 in the morning to watch maybe the worst game you could ever watch, a game to be a strike away from winning. 
and then allow a walk-off homer. It was horrible. All right, so I have an idea to help you with this situation and help strengthen your relationship. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is get Jamie to understand the intricacies and, like, what you want to see versus maybe what you don't want to see. Like, I don't know, you could have skipped the seventh inning of that game. But you can't know that without knowing how it ends. Like, maybe there's a way she could help you out there. I think It's interesting that you bring this up. So she was, like, getting ready for bed, <laughs> I guess, in the bathroom. And she – when I was in the second inning of, you know, watching it, she saw the walk-off homer, like, got an alert. And she said she was, consi- she said she was considering telling me, but then she was like, you know, you really wanted to watch it. I don't want to ruin it, whatever, whatever. But we did have the conversation of, like, all right, if something really bad happens like that and it's late and I'm going to be up till – one or two. We just went out to dinner, me. and I want to go to bed with my fiance. I wish Nick would come to bed, but it's <laughs> watching a DVR fucking game. And I thought I was like, oh, it'll be relaxing. It's going to be a blowout win. Cole against the Tigers. It does, like on paper, it doesn't get any more relaxing than that. A Cole start against the Tigers. You know like, what gets I- more relaxing? The touch of a woman, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> DVR to Friday with a cold start. I should, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't believe you did that. I'm actually, I obviously didn't know you were going to dinner with your aunt. But the second you said you were going, to, you were going to dinner, I should be like, oh, he DVR to this game because it was cold start. Yeah, so did that. So that was horrible. Yeah, no, horrible, horrible all around. It was just, I don't know what else. They just fucking suck. Like it's, it's hard. And the excuses that everybody gives, like I said, the injuries, the small sample size. Boone pointed to, oh, batting average is low around the league. Offense is down around the league. Well, we're twenty fifth in runs. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear that. We're the worst of the worst. <laughs> um, I will say I was impressed. On Friday with uh, Casey Mize. Yeah, he was good. When he went out there, he struck. I had a bad feeling because he started the game. He struck DJ out looking on a 3-2 curveball. That was just like, it, it was amazing. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this could, this isn't what I want to see. Like, I don't want. And then when he, I was like, all right, well, he's young. So he's out in the, uh, you know, fifth after five. Let's turn it on. But, yeah, it just – what a shitty way to start the weekend. Can't get to the Tiger pen. And Casey Mize is a guy. He was the number one pick in 18. So you kind of hear his name around yeah. baseball and the prospect list. I think this was one of his his first starts. Yeah, he was nasty. But the other two guys they faced weren't decorated at all. They were oh, no, average no. to mediocre guys. So it's one thing, all right, the number one pick got us. But then you can't get to their bullpen all weekend. They, they're supposed to have the worst bullpen in the majors. They didn't touch him. The Yankees, Jack, didn't hit a ball to the warning track. The entire weekend. Think about that. Yeah, no, no. We penated ourselves with this series. We just got bad (laughs) body language after a rough first inning. Oh, my God. Horrible. Uh, Let's talk about injuries real quick. The the Kluber injury is is terrible. He just thrown a no-hitter. Had a three ERA. I, I was puffing my chest out a little bit. You are. I thought it was such a great you the signing. First one, you were the first person I thought of. Just because I thought it I thought it was a good signing too. But you've really owned that one. You're like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, I um <sighs> You know, again, I, I don't look too much into a no hitter. You look at the overall stretch he had been on. It seemed yeah. like he was really piecing piecing yeah. it together, getting back to being who he was. So it was it's exciting for us, it was exciting for him. Um but yeah, no, that timing is just fucking rough. 
August 1st, maybe. And you think about maybe. the ramifications. Maybe. We're going Friday. We're either going to see Davey Garcia or Michael King. Either one of those is bad. Like the, What they're going to have to do every fifth day until Seve gets back, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. I mean, I think, again, we're putting a, a, maybe a little too much into Seve. I mean, we've got to hope for it. Look, I'm but, looking for something positive, man. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough weekend. Like He's not Cole. He's not another Cole. He might be another Montgomery. Another three? Might be a Monty. Number three? I, like, like King and D- Davey, they're not even competitive to me. And Michael King pisses me off because when they're down 7 nothing, he comes in and gives you five shutout in relief in garbage time. Then you ask him to start against the Tigers and he can't get out of the second inning. Like he is such a classic, and that's the thing, slapdick pitching prospect. Him, Nick Nelson, Davey, Clark Schmidt, all of them, they're the same fucking person. I'm telling you, when they're bad like this too, I spend a lot of time, my time, like on the weekend, like just thinking about how miserable your weekend is. <laughs> I really do. I'm just like, oh man, Nick is probably pacing, or like he's at Morgan's Pier, just fucking furious. It makes everything worse. Yeah, Saturday we went to a brewery to meet like some of Jamie's friends, and it's just mis- it's miserable. It makes everything worse. And when they win, it makes everything better. Like if they win on a Saturday, no matter what I do at night, like I'm going to have a good time. I'm in a good mood. Like I ride the wave really well, but I also, you know, sink really quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Kluber's going to be a blow because when it's not – when they don't just say like he'll be back in 10 days or, hey, it's going to be even – I mean – the last couple of years have been rough to even believe when they say like, oh, it'll be two weeks. When they say August or when they say two months, that's two and a half months easy. That like, I hate to say it, we may never see Corey Kluber in pinstripes again. No, you're right. And my hope, my hope realistically is mid-August to early September and he can get ramped up and start game two or game three in the playoffs. Like that is best case scenario at this point. He's not going to be not going to be back before the all-star break. He's getting a third opinion. I mean, that can't be good. Yeah, but I saw the Yankees with second, third opinions. Like, that third opinion isn't going to be take the ball in four days. No. (laughs) Never has been, never will be. No, I mean, hopefully, exactly what you're saying. He can come back, get a couple of starts under his belt, get stretched back out to being able to give us five innings, and then let that billion-dollar bullpen, you know, go to work in, in a game two and game three. Hopefully. And we found that out on Wednesday. We got the diagnosis on Kluber. I'm already in a bad mood. Then the next tweet on my timeline is Voight has a strained oblique and is out a month. Like, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It's funny because it was out of nowhere, but at the same time, like, kind of always expected. I feel like Luke Voight is always right on the verge of having to miss time because he played, like, Luke Voight, whatever's going on with his oblique, is I assume somewhat you know major because otherwise like he tries to play through everything so I always assume that if we don't see something happen to him we could at any morning wake up and find out he's going to be out a month because he's just been battling through like I'm not you know at a certain point the injuries do pile up but we're not you know attached to him for forever but like I appreciate his guttiness no that's a great point because the foot thing last year there was no moment that you saw when he had the knee injury in spring training, there was no moment. And then this one, same thing. So that's three injuries where you're right. There was no, it wasn't like he got hit by a ball or ran into a wall. Like it just kind of, just kind of pops up. It is weird. Odor died at home plate like yes. three weeks ago. 
and here, yeah. and, you know, and he's up and having kids. And I don't know, my buddy actually brought up this point to me, how Voight kind of played the entire last year injured, and then basically the entire second half of 2019, he was injured too. Like, did that just kind of, playing hurt, like, did that catch up on him? Was the, you know, the whatever, Grim Reaper come knocking at the door, pay up kind of thing? I don't know. Kylie Gashioka is the man. Um, oh, yeah, you're on a delay. I can see your oh, there we go. Base yeah. hit. All yeah. right. You're like, uh, maybe like five seconds behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, you know, it's it is it's just right now the Yankees first baseman is just a black hole of, you know, we get hope and then it goes away. We saw it happen with Greg Bird again and again. It was really the, it was the end like the end of Teixeira's career. It was always injured. Like we haven't had that anchor there. And Voight is talented. Voight wants to be here. Voight plays hard. So that'll always buy you more time with the fans. I mean, he was the home run king last year. So, you know, he's not and he's not expecting a big contract, a big extension. He's under control no. for a bit. So, you know, we'll just kind of like see what happens there until someone else comes along. You know, people are chopping at the bit for Chris Gittens. But yeah, Michael K was banging the drum for him on on Friday night. But that's another great point. You know, for the first base position you brought up, you know, center field in Yankees history and how many dominant players we've had there. Look at first base, whether it's Gehrig, Mattingly, Tino, Jason Giambi, Chris Chambliss. They've had studs there basically for the past hundred years. And now it's a black hole. That's two positions, probably the two best positions in Yankee history, center field and first base. And we're getting nothing, nothing. We've got to figure it out at some point. That while we're going through this, is Mike Ford the answer? No, I'll save you the time. He's not. So then, why if you're gonna try to like just piece together your season as it goes and piece together your roster as it goes, you have to have at least a strategy of playing the hot hand. So like, if Chris Gittens is playing well, had a good spring training, if he's playing well in AAA. Like he's gonna get hit somewhere. Might as well have him be in the Bronx. Oh no, fuck it. Yeah, I, I agree. Bring him up. Fuck it. Mike Ford's not doing anything. Voight's hurt. Bring him up. And like, you know, there's a concern around. Oh, how many options does guys have? You know, oh, you start the clock on whatever. That doesn't. This isn't some star player that we're about. Yeah, you hope everybody turns into some star player, but like that's not what he's probably going to be where it's like, oh man, if we only had that one more year of control of Chris Gittens in fucking 2028. (laughs) Let's just try to to get through the month alive, you know? The Yankees manage the roster, the lineup, everything, as if they were 15 games up in the division and they're in third place. Yeah. We have no like situational awareness. And we're not in third place by a lot. We're like a half a game from fourth place. Yeah. Do you think if they're still in third place, let's say, after the All-Star break, do you think they're still going to be doing these pre-planned rest days and just pretending like everything's going to be okay? Or do you think they're actually going to play the lineup every day like it's early 2000s or the 90s and actually play to win every game? What like, would, At what point do they have to put their foot on the gas and stop with the, the load management days and pushing guys back and all this bullshit that they're doing? Like, If they're still in third place in July, don't they have to change up the strategy? Everything you're saying makes sense. 
aside from having any faith that we're going to change the approach. Like I think like the the ship has sailed. We've we've seen three and a half years of the same thing again and again. Is that in July going to be a dramatic change that gets us to the World Series, gets Aaron Boone an extension? Yeah, sure. I'd love to watch that Disney movie. That's the trash <laughs> pick and field goal kick in Philadelphia phenomenon. <laughs> but I like that. The odds of that happening probably low. But yeah, that's what they should do. Like, let's go. Like, like I mean, you've done you've done sales. Yeah, people have had you know people have had jobs with quotas. People have been on performance plans or you know whatever where it's like ah well I'm pretty much one foot out the door here. I could get fired or I could really fight. Is he going to fight or does he even know he's on a plan? I don't know, man, because it's year four and he he hasn't gotten any better. But you just have to think of the pure logic of it. If they are seven games, eight games back in July or August, you have to start playing everybody every day. Guys are going to have to start playing through that tight hamstring or that tight calf and and just suck it up. But I, I could so see Boone, you know, it's September 10th. They're seven games back. They're about to get eliminated and him being like, well, we're in a 13 out of 13 game stretch here. Just trying to grind through it. Wanted to give Judgy a day. You know, still got some time left. Like, you're right. I don't see any sense of urgency with this guy or the group. We also, I mean, I don't even know what the playoff format is this year. It's not the same as last year, right? No, it's just the 2019, okay. you know, where it's two wild card, the wild card. Yeah, game. so still, even with the second wild card. Everyone's still in contention when you're seven games back. We are. And look, we could back into the playoffs and Cole could win the wild card game and we'll be coming on here, excited, cracking yeah. a beer, talking about a parade. The problem is, is that if you're in the wild card game and Cole has to pitch that game, Cole can only pitch once in the DS, which is a huge disadvantage for a team like us that has a true ace. Oh, the ex- I mean, you mean aside from the having a true ace – the exact same situation we've put ourselves in the playoffs every year for forever. Like yeah. for you know, for this entire time. And we're down one nothing. Fuck. Look at the Rays hustling around the bases. Scoring from first on a double. Something you'll never see us do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I did like to see the fire out of uh um, Glaber, fucking break some stuff in the dugout. Throw some shit. Someone's got to care. Yeah, and he really should have. I mean, those were two terrible errors. They weren't even really tough plays. It was more just being lazy. He tried to backhand a ball and didn't get in front of it. Then he made a terrible throw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he should have been disappointed. G- I think they made three errors in one inning. I think Geo made one and Glaber made two. That they- yeah, they've looked horrible. Base running, defense. Yeah, not not getting any better. Yeah, but at least he cares. <laughs> and like that's that's all that's all we've got at this point. The bar is low, man. That's what we're saying. The guy that made two errors over the weekend, at least he cares. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't Boone say the care factor? He used, I think he actually used that quote. The care factor for Glaber is high, so that's great. There we go. Our listen. I don't know about everyone else around the league, but my shortstop cares about being my shortstop. Do we get a trophy for that? And that's, I mean, what else What else can you really ask for? <laughs> the guy wants to be there. There's probably some shortstops who want to be traded. Not mine. 
No, we're good there. Let's talk about some happy stuff. We're going to the game Friday. How excited are you to at least be back there? Um, I, I'm very excited to be back there. It's going to be interesting. You still live in the city in Philly. I live in the suburbs. So we have like wildly different experiences, I feel like, on the day-to-day. Because you're on city streets and I'm not if I leave my house to go there. Masks are done here in Jersey. Okay. So this weekend has been, you know, you go in a store, maybe half the people are wearing masks. Depends, you know. Wow. Inside? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy to me, yeah. That no one, that people aren't wearing? Yeah, inside, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm no, just... it's done. It, no, no, it's done. I mean, the government says, like, we can't. So it's you know, everyone's choice at this point, like, whether you want to or you don't, whatever. Um, so I think that's helped warming up to the idea of, you know, being around a lot of people. I mean, we went to that Orioles game. So it's going to be interesting to, like, be back and just see what, see what the experience is like because you got to see, like, what, you know, how are regulations changing, you know, the fan experience. Um even though you know, I understand every you know every restriction or whatever it is. So I'm excited for that. I'm driving, so I'm not going to be able to get like all torn up. Um, but at the same time, based on my performance at Camden Yards, like I, don't know, I could maybe I could stand to go to a game and not get too torn up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, no, but like, no, I'm excited to be back. Just like around the energy, like it's it's. I was thinking about it. Um, like last week, I was like, yo, it's wild how long it's been since I've just like been in Billy's. You know, like a place, like the places that I normally go to all the time. Yeah, it's been forever. So, no, I'm really excited. Andrew's going to come with us too. So, that's pretty cool. Like he kind of, he just messaged us and invited himself. Big fan of the show. I'll probably sign an autograph for him. <laughs> um, I think, though, we have to find a fourth because you got to buy tickets in like four packs. Yes, yes. So we'll find someone. Andrew can bring his kid. Listen, as a parent, I could tell you he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> he, trying to get away. I think me and Andrew are in the same boat. My yeah. wife, the reason that I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Not that my wife like wouldn't let me. She has a baby shower to go to on Saturday. And so she's got like a friend coming down for, I don't know, the weekend or the night or the day. I have no idea. So I'm with the baby all day Saturday, which is totally fine. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And that's what Andrew has going on, too. Uh, his wife has bridal showers, baby showers, something. Oh, she's like, yes. Yeah. So she's like, I got I got the kid. So I'm like, that's it. I'm going. So that's where we're at in life, Nick, is we're just like, ah, let me barter some time. I'm not there yet, but it doesn't sound that bad. Like, oh, I have to watch, you know, on a Saturday, watch the baby and watch, just put the Yankee oh, game on. Oh, and- yeah. No, 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 no. It's not bad at all. Yeah. But you can use that to be like, you know, hey, uh, instead of, you know, we're rewatching Dexter in our free time. Um, like, instead of watching season five of Dexter, I'm going to, I'll go to the game. Yeah, no, this is good. This is all, this is all good stuff for me. So that'll be fun. And then, you know, one team that won last week was my kickball team. So I'm a pitch, I'm a starting pitcher on a kickball team. So wait, team. is softball done? Uh, softball, we have one more week on Sunday. Okay. But kickball is Wednesday, and I threw six innings of one-run ball as the pitcher, and I was rubbing. I actually had pine tar under my hat, and I was fucking with the kickball like Garrett Cole or Max Scherzer would do to try to put different spin on it. I got to say I had the other team pretty flustered. I'm going to be honest. 
I don't know if that was a joke or that was the truth with you. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. So you're on a you're in a kickball league. Yep. Um, is it over by where you live? No, we got to drive to fucking Fishtown because that's where a lot of our friends live now. Uh, so it's somewhere in Fishtown. Maybe Hancock Park. You know where that is? Eh, no. Maybe. Yeah. But a um, generic park in Philly. Yeah, nothing special. Okay. Because I played in a kickball league that was by where you live. So, okay. So you're, you're playing in a kickball league with your friends and your fiance. Jamie yep. plays too? She plays. Okay. And... You know, these leagues are normally very laid back. Like, I, I played, it was like a work thing. I think we played, like, three games, and then we were like, we don't really feel like doing this anymore. But yeah. um, you're probably going, you're drinking beers, people having yeah. a good time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And have you guys played before? No, this was the first, we've only had one game. Oh, no, but I'm saying, like, this isn't, oh, we play every year. No, no, this is the first. This you're is like, uh, year one. Fuck it, let's do this year one. And... Was you being a starting pitcher sorted out over email, or you just showed up with, like, I'm the starting pitcher? There's a group me, and I just texted and said, I'm pitching. Okay. Uh, because if somebody – you know, I've always played baseball. I've always played softball. I, I've always been pre- pretty good player, but I never had a good arm. So I've never gotten to pitch at any level, really. I'm basically trying to live out a failed – dream i've never gotten to be on a mound you know i want okay. to be in control on a mound fuck around with pine tar i, w- I want to experience so, wait that. we'll, we'll get to the pine tar part very <laughs> soon um also you know if you are the with your approach to softball of like i'm playing left center is you know i'm in a pitch and kickball not many people i'm sure are booming the ball all over the place you probably get a lot of a lot of defensive plays off the mound a lot of weak contact yeah and i get a lot of action yeah, so none of that surprises me. Now the pine tar. What in your insane mind made you say like, you know what, grip's probably going to be an issue for me? I just you know reading all of the pine tar issues in Major League <laughs> Baseball, I was thinking like, there's got to be a reason that they all use it, and I just thought it would be kind of funny also just to do it. I just kind of wanted to be you know, and maybe maybe I'll get caught, maybe I won't. And just try, try and fuck with Maybe the ball. I'll get caught. Was your umpire even sober? <laughs> yeah, he was. He wasn't drinking. Okay. Um, no, he wasn't drinking that you saw. <laughs> where, where do you even get pine tar? No, it's on Amazon. Okay. So this wasn't even like I had pine tar from oh, no, someone left at a softball game. Yeah, no, this, this was planned. It's, so one of your friends is like, hey, Nick, Jamie, we're going to get a softball team together. You guys want to play? Kickball, not even Kickball, softball. kickball, yeah. <laughs> you guys want to play, and you're like, good thing I've got prime because I'll, I'll be ready to go in two days. Basically. So you ordered – how much pine tar did you order? Just one, one stick. Uh, so you have a stick of pine tar. Okay. And then I assume you took your hat and rubbed pine tar onto your hat. Exactly. Just like Cole. We're basically the same person. <laughs> under the <laughs> – under the. Yeah. 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 And then I just grab it. Well, you know, since the umpire is not really looking out for it, I can rub it. Because it's not an umpire. It's just a dude making an extra 45 bucks <laughs> for umpiring a doubleheader of kickball on a Wednesday. 
it's going to take some time to really figure out my grips and the spin. Right now, I only have a fastball and a changeup. What the fuck is the difference? You just throw it hard or not hard? Same, same delivery, same arm speed, but I either, yes, I either roll it fast or don't. Okay. <laughs> How are you at like keeping the bounce, keeping the ball on the ground? Well, so so it, it's risky because technically you're not supposed to bounce it, but I was trying to push it a little bit because it's harder to kick it if it's bouncing. But they can take it. it. Like if they don't try and kick it and it bounces, it's a ball. So you have to kind of be careful. And you start with a 1-1 count. So sometimes if I'm in a big spot with runners on, I'll bounce it a little bit, try and get away with one. But I don't really do that if there's nobody on. It, it's strategic, man. It's just like pitching in the big leagues. How how close are you to like bringing your own rake to a game? To- <laughs> I don't own a rake, so probably pretty far. Amazon, probably. <laughs> you get a short rake, like how you know, like you get a sh- like a snow shovel you put in your car, like something that folds, maybe. As somebody that lives in an apartment and doesn't do any outdoor chores, I, I don't see myself buying any kind of. Nick, I didn't see you buying pine tar. Because <laughs> you're just a dude who works a regular job. You're not a baseball player. Hey, we all have we all want to live out, you know, failed dreams at some point. I never got to pitch, so I'm doing it. I'm doing it this spring in kickball. <laughs> so I never got to be a pitcher when I was young, so I'm doing it now and I'm cheating. Let me have this. <laughs> like it's not even the like every part of like, hey, I want to pitch because I never pitched before. It makes sense, but then you're like but I'm gonna cheat. I also want to cheat. Yeah, push which, the envelope. Which, well, I don't even know if it actually helps you. Yeah, that's inconclusive. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I can't really tell if it's working or if it's not. Look, it's a seven week season. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Oh, man, I hope I end up in Philly on a Wednesday for some reason over the next seven <laughs> weeks. Because I'll come. I'll come and watch. You should get a rosin bag. Like, you might as well go all out. Well, that's what I was reading. They say rosin and sunscreen is a great concoction. So, so now – rub that on my arm. So now we're going to start experimenting. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, like do another week of pine tar. Now I'm in. Now you got to go sunscreen and rosin after that. Let's see what you can make yourself here. Keep messing with it. Yeah, my favorite part is all the stuff between pitches that pitchers get to do, like walk around the mound, look back at the fielders. <laughs> you know, I really have mastered – I'm trying to master my walk off the mound after an out, you know, have the same gait. It's all the little stuff that I've never gotten to do that I'm really enjoying. There's nothing that the opposition on a Wednesday night kickball league wants more <laughs> Than you walking around the mound between pitches <laughs> and repositioning your center fielder. <laughs> That's what they want. Exactly. No, they they love it. Oh, uh, but man. yeah, so we're one and zero. Oh, just yeah, try to keep it rolling this Wednesday. Got, try to keep it rolling. That's exactly. That's exactly. There'll what be we're more DVRing, I'm sure. So it all feeds in. <laughs> Yeah, in case you have a big Wednesday night start. I can't <laughs> wait till you compare your you compared yourself to Garrett Cole. Basically just like we're, him. We're the same, yeah. <laughs> just like him. We got maybe some Vaseline in your nostrils. You should try, yeah, everything like everything from uh major league and rookie of the year, like every movie possible cheating thing you should do with kickball. Yeah, no, I, I want to. I also thought about Pineda. Is he put it on the back of his neck, but I'm like the palest person ever. So, you know, that might get flagged. 
I mean, it probably won't because I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> if I'm being honest. I mean, what's it going to take for you to add like a two ounce weight to your kicking shoe? Like, where are we on getting you? Like, let's cork your bat. Oh, so you're tough. See, I try to check myself out on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I don't want anybody talking to me when we're on the bench. Like, I'm really embracing, you know, being a pitcher. Whatever I do in my <laughs> ass is what I do. What the I don't want to be talked to. I don't want to be dicking around with everybody. I sit on the end of the bench and I wait for us to be done kicking. And then I take the mound. <laughs> I feel like you just can't believe this. It's just that's not fun. That's not you're in a fun league and what you're doing is not fun. Winning for, is fun. For you, it's not fun for your friends. It's <laughs> You're a shitty friend. Oh, there's a home run, Tyone. Uh, that judge was just hitting. Was that a leadoff? God yeah. damn it. We fucking suck. This is why I need to play kickball. This is why I need to take my anger and frustration out in other areas and cheat in a kickball league because I'm so and just And not talk to my friends. <laughs> it does seem a little counterintuitive when you think about the purpose of these leagues and then what I'm doing doesn't yes. really line up yeah i mean you might as well just wear pants and eye black too <laughs> yeah i run too hot to wear pants that ain't happening man oh that was such a cheapie by meadows he fucking meadows kills us kills us judge come on stretch there <laughs> fucking be taller for a reason tyone four is gonna go 4.2 innings let up four runs and boone will say through the ball well yeah it was a gutty oh. performance <laughs> He didn't have he didn't have his best stuff, but he really battled. He battled. That. He battled. He kept us in it. We had a chance. Some guys didn't pull through late, but it's all right because we're able to turn the page. Felt like the swings were better today. Felt like some of the at bats, you know, even all those zero for fives, felt like they were better. I mean, honestly, what, who cares? Because we're worried. Think about the troops today. That's what I'm thinking about. Everyone worried about baseball doesn't care about America. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right, psycho. This has been a good time. You can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyny. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Nick, you got to tweet out uh, on Wednesday. I need I need to see what your hat situation looks like. I need to see the like. Let me see what you let us see what you've applied. Okay. I also need Jamie to take a picture of you, just like how you look. So I can see, like, how obvious, like, how obvious is it? No, yeah. I will. But look, let's be careful, because what if some of the opposing players, you know, what if they're hanging around on Twitter somewhere, something gets retweeted, you know, they see, now now I could be in trouble. Dude, yeah, what if they tell the Philly Sports League that they've <laughs> got a, the Philly Sports Network, whichever one you're in, like, hey, you better look out for this, dude. <laughs> You should be more worried about me tweeting at FBI. <laughs> Check out this psycho. Go investigate him. Oh, man. Hey, well, at least if the Yankees aren't there, there'll be a kickball parade. <laughs> we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.